A smart person learns from their mistakes. A wise person learns from others' mistakes. Welcome to the My Mistakes Podcast. We cover the lessons learned from the mistakes we've made in business so you won't do the same. I'm Chris Chanchuli. Today's guest is Shira Benedetto. She's a psychic medium. Today on the show, she'll be talking about what it was like finding out that she had this gift, but explaining to us on a level that we can understand what it's like, how to tap into it, and how we all have the ability to hear spirit talking to us. This episode is being brought to you by Don Pablo Coffee. Specialty grade beans roasted in small batches. It's a better cup of coffee. Get yours at Amazon or at DonPabloCoffee.com. So today on the My Mistakes podcast, I wanted to bring on someone to speak about something that I only really began to understand once my guests explained it to me very differently than what I had seen on TV or kind of sensationalism around it. So my guest is Shira Benedetto, who I've known for more than a decade, and I've seen her blossom with this skill and gift that was given to her being a psychic medium. And this is not something I ever was really what I would consider a believer in, or I was very skeptical. But when Shira revealed that she had this talent and gift, she was also able to tell me things about myself that nobody other than my family knew about me, things from our past, things from my past, things which ended up happening in the future. And it was so amazing and so crazy that me being a skeptic, I wouldn't say was washed away, but it definitely pokes some holes in theories of mine of how people can be on TV and be right, or people say that they believe in psychics. So I wanted to bring Shira on today to talk about that gift, what it's like to possess it, and how people can actually channel their own. So Shira, with that long dragged out introduction, if you can tell everyone where you are, how you stumbled upon doing what it is that you do today. So thanks, Chris, for having me first off. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, psychic mediumship, most people think is kooky, you know, a little out there, you know, they're like, they usually kind of snub, you know, the idea that if you even bring it up, but then there are those who are such devotees and they love it because they know that it's completely legitimate if you find the legitimate psychic medium, right? Not the person that you're like $5 card reader, you know, that's going to tell you, you know, X, Y, Z when it's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? But I found out about my gift later in life. So I was one of those unexpected psychic mediums, had a whole different career track planned for myself. And then all of a sudden, I just started knowing things when I was working one day in the city. And I didn't understand how I knew these things or spirit was coming to me. And I didn't even understand why. And then it was just like, all of a sudden, the lights went on and all this information started flooding my mind and spirits started coming to me that I would see with my own eyes. I would feel their presence in the room. And at first it was a little off putting, like what is going on here? But then when I realized like, this is so true and accurate, there is something to this. I had to investigate and figure it out more because, you know, I went to school, got a master's with a distinction for communication. I did not plan on being a psychic medium for my life. So I went to school as to become a professional. 
clearly it has led me this direction as a professional psychic medium that teaches. Going back, I'm trying to like imagine this. Is it something where like you hear a voice or something in your head and maybe for a period of time you think you might be crazy or you're hearing voices or concern? How does that work? <laughs> yeah, it's not like one of those where they sensationalize it in the television shows. And you're like, I hear dead people. I see dead people. It's not crazy kooky like that. It's really, for instance, you know, you're standing next to somebody and all of a sudden a thought pops in your mind about the person and then you actually see a person or energy right like, kind of like this glowing shape of another body next to the person and you're like oh there's somebody else there what is that you actually see it like you see some kind of light or something where yes so everybody sees differently. Some people don't see it all, but there are some people who see like completely 3D, which means that they see them like they look like regular human. And then there's people like me who only once in a blue moon do I get that privilege. Generally, it's mostly where I see light around the person. So like if they're standing to the standing somewhere and then spirit comes in next to them, I will see the shape of a head, shoulders, arms, you name it, right next to them, almost like an outline form, but an outline in light. And usually that person will start to get chills or they're like, you'll see them shake their body for a second because a person literally just stood like right in their space. You're seeing like the person's like visceral reaction. Yes. Like they're ha they literally have a physical reaction. Like, you know, when you get the chills unexpectedly and you're not thinking about anything and nobody has said anything to you either, it just kind of happens. Well, guess what? Spirit is in your space. Like they literally got so close to you so that you would notice. It's not like all of a sudden you just decided to get the shakes and the shivers, you know, out of the blue when it's 90 degrees in your house. Wow. You see something like that. But are you getting a message where you'll hear a voice where they're speaking to you to like, hey, pass on this message to this person for me? Or are you hearing them say something to the person, but the spirit doesn't know that you're present? No, no, the spirit very well knows that I'm present. They're like, oh, that's the receiver right there. She can receive. So she can receive information. Okay, let's stand close. So she'll be able to pick it up. So like, like think of it as like the operator game. And when somebody gets close to you, they whisper in your ear and you hear the words, right? I will pick up that whispering in essence, but it's almost like a telepathy where you're picking up the energetic resonance, which basically is like the sound bites that spirit is putting in your head based on the frame of references that you have, there's a lot of bit of constrictions that go on, but they convey a general idea that can then be made more specific the more they're used to working with you. All right, I'm trying to like, think of the right way to phrase this. <laughs> this is almost like, not to make it like Hollywood or out of like the movie Ghost, but is there always a purpose behind a message that a spirit is conveying? Like, could I have a grandparent hovering around me just saying something like, do more with your life, or you remind me of your father? Like, are they just like <laughs> droning on, complaining? Like, why is it always such a powerful message when someone hears the spirit speak? Is the spirit always saying the same message until someone hears it? Or could it be as simple as put down the toilet seat when you pee? It's annoying everyone. Yes, it can be all of those. So like, when they're repetitive messages, because you're just not getting it. Like you ever see those memes on Facebook and it's like, this is my spirit guide. And it's like the guy with his eyes rolling and pushing you forward, right? Like that spirit, like literally repeating themselves. Like, don't go through that door. Don't date that guy. Don't marry that person. Don't do this over and over and over again until you've actually like clicks in your head. And you're like, 
okay, holy S-H-I-T, right? I should have listened all along, right? That spirit behind you pushing those messages in. And then there's also the practicality part where they're like, dude, your light's on in your car. Like, could you shut it off? Okay, so it's really anything. And what's the purpose of a spirit? Like, why are they bothering us? Why are they trying to communicate? Like, where is a spirit and why are some around and some not? Well, from what it's been explained to me through spirit is there's multiple levels of consciousness. So it depends on what they choose to accomplish from the other side. Some will choose to come back and observe you and some will choose to guide you. They don't all have to be family members. A lot of the people around you are actually strangers on the other side that are observing and learning from you because in their lives, perhaps they needed to learn what it was like to be around somebody who was exciting and captivating and they were quite boring in their life and they made you fall asleep. Well, on the spirit side, they have to watch and learn from somebody like you, right? And then in the other side, you have spirits who are coming in who are literally saving lives. So for instance, you have a person who is crossing the street and a car is racing towards them and they're not paying attention and the spirit literally moves them out of the way or the car steps on the brake at the last possible second and just literally by the sheer force of momentum, there's no way that they should be missed. They should be like splattered, but they're missed, right? That's spirit intervention. They literally save lives. So there's a lot of purposes. Most times it's to guide. A lot of times they observe. Sometimes they save lives. Are spirits like people with personalities where some are happy, sad, some can be miserable and evil? Some can be freaking hysterical. Quite frankly, I've had some real fun ones. I think probably because I just kind of let them all in, you know. But, you know, there are some ones that are less than pleasant that I'd rather not have in my company. So I don't, I don't even acknowledge them. When you entertain the bad, that's what you get. So don't even bother entertaining it. You say spirit instead of a spirit. Like, is it wrong for me to say a spirit? Because it like, not that they're going to argue for rights and protest, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it depends if they're in the house or not right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So like multiple spirits are all around all the time. When they see someone who can hear their message, do they seek out and then they flock to you to try to tell you, hey, tell this person this like a person would if they were actually here? Right. Like on some level, yes, but they depends on the medium. Like I have a lot of boundaries set up, so they know they can't really start coming in and chewing my ear off unless we have a session scheduled or unless it's an emergency or it's something that I absolutely have to know because I have to have a regular life too, right? I can't constantly be talking with those that are not physical. I need to be able to interact in a day-to-day. I'm picturing it like being in New York City and oh, way back when, in like 2019, being in New York City and a taxi driving by and not taking fares or for anyone not familiar with taxis, if they had someone in the car, they would turn their light off if the car was available for someone to put their hand up and flag them. So I picture almost like that, where they're looking for if you have your light on or not. Like kind of like a signal, like, oh, she's ready. Go ahead. This again, I apologize if it's offensive or sounds stupid, but let's say you're traveling or you're in different parts of the world, like the spirit can locate wherever you are, find you. And then if someone's calling for it, they can just go talk to that person or does it have to be like compatible in some way? There's got to be some form of energetic compatibility so that I can work with the energy they're receiving and then be able to decipher it. For the most part, you can work with most 
theorists, but there's, you know, there are some that are just not effective communicators. Think of it like in life, you know, there are some that are really awful when they communicate. And then there are others who have the gift of gab. So think of it that way in layman's terms. Now with spirit, let's say my, my dog, he's 12 years old. Let's say Mookie lives another, hopefully two, three years. Will he then become a spirit or is it only if you're a person? Is it like a club where we're keeping people out? (laughs) Yeah, you don't need VIP access. The animals, (laughs) they definitely become spirit as well. And a lot of times they're better communicators than humans. And they can communicate the same way? Yes. And like, for instance, like I have a group event and literally the person will come through and I'll never forget it. I was at a larger event doing a public demonstration and this dog came through. And it literally told me flat out that its owner was a D-I-C-K and it would kick him. Okay. So I like called it out in front of the whole room, you know, and you could see the two men that were in the audience, like cringing in their chairs. Did they admit to it or they didn't admit to it? Well, the women kind of looked at them. So I think there's a little bit of culpability there. (laughs) So from the business side, if you are working with someone who is coming to do a paid session, And here they're hoping to communicate with a parent, a sibling, a child, God forbid. And then their dog or their hamster or their parakeet comes through and the parakeet keeps saying, pretty girl, pretty girl, pretty girl. Does the person then turn to you and say, all right, I want a refund or I'm not paying until I get at least one human? (laughs) Let me tell you, that's so funny. But most times when you bring in the pet, people start hysterical crying because they don't realize how much they'd rather hear from their dog than they would like their uncle. Do you know what I'm saying? Because the dog gave them such unconditional love and it's so unexpected. And then they're sitting there bawling through the whole time. And then their loved ones come in after that. So an animal can have the same emotions that a human can have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is why we got to treat our animals well. So like if your dog is like peeing on your pillow, there's a reason. As far as like, let's say space, if someone's thinking in human terms or like the way the human brain works, If someone takes any logic and says, all right, we have 8 billion people and then there were this many billion lost last year and this, blah, 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 blah. That means there's 19 trillion spirits all around. Is it that a spirit is much smaller? Is it that it's light and energy so it can just still float all around us? Does the spirit move on and then ascend to other dimension where they're no longer accessible? Yeah. When you have a lot of different spirits and like you're, you're giving example of like 19 trillion spirits on this planet or whatever the case may be, not all of them choose to stay here. Some will ascend, others will move to other dimensions and don't forget others will reincarnate. So aspects of themselves will be in other lifetimes already. Wait a second. Hold on. So back it up. Let's go from the minute someone leaves a physical. So someone is crossing the street. This is not a real person. This is completely made up. We have a made up person walking across the street. They're hit by a bus dead instantly. What happens? Well, they can either linger around with the help of their guide and just observe what's going on. They can transition immediately whereby they're met by their guides and their family members and friends from prior lifetimes and this lifetime if they've already crossed over. And then they go through what's called a life review and they assess what their soul came to accomplish in this plane of existence. 
And if they want to stay around, if they are going to come back again, if part of them is going to come back and part of them is going to be observant, right? Because when you think of spirit, our human mind says we're only one person, but in reality, it's almost like being split up into pieces of a pie. There's so many pieces of you that exist. The whole of you is already on the other side connected to God. So like, there's like 30 Chris's running around. Oh, that in itself is scary. Yeah, if I could only put the other 29 to work, and then I get so much more done in my day. So wait, go back. First off with a guide. Who the hell is the guide, and how are we assigned a guide? So I don't know how, the, how they get assigned, but I do know from what I'm told that we have many of them, and they don't all have to be family members, and they come in as connectors, as individuals that are literally guiding you through life as to what's ahead. They're steering you left and right. They're helping you make decisions by using influence or power of suggestion, moving you towards opportunities or away from opportunities that aren't in alignment with you and what you're looking to accomplish, but you might not know it yet. Like you might be a saying to yourself, I want to do this. I want this expansive nature to my business. And this is exactly what I want. And then your guide is like, yeah, it sounds nice. But the guy on the other side that you're going to be dealing with is completely corrupt and an a-hole. So let's move you over here to the left instead. And when you go that direction, you're going to meet this female who you're going to fall in love with. And then you're going to have a business together and a family together and a baby together and yada, 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 which you hadn't even thought was conceivable because you were so fixated on going the one direction instead. All right. So Hollywood got some of this right when they did movies like Defending Your Life with Meryl Streep and Albert Brooks, which... That was a good movie. Oh, phenomenal movie. Seeing it in like, I don't know, I was in junior high. I loved that movie way too much at that time. I just would like imagine, and it seems like what you're talking about. And then the other one, the way you describe it, it sounds, oh, it's like the show on Highway to Heaven. I don't think I saw that one. So I can't copy on that one. It was a series, I don't know what network it was on, but Highway to Heaven with Michael Landon, and he's a guide, and he helps people move on or cross over. That's actually a really good segue into, so I heard you mention God there. What are you defining as God, and with God, are you also defining a heaven, and if a heaven, also a hell? Please, tell me what I have to look forward to or fear. Well, for me, I only entertain the heaven aspect of it. But when I consider God, it's a source. It's a source of intelligence, a source of light that is only love. And we're all part of it. Every single one of us. It's just a matter of who has forgotten who they are, right? When there's an absence or a forgetfulness of who the soul is, they tend to go astray and go towards things that are more darker or, you know, not necessarily the path of enlightenment. So when they remember themselves or they find their way back to faith, then they're able to connect and their life improves dramatically and the lives of others connected to them improves dramatically because it's all coming back to love, which is all in essence one source. Love truly is universal intelligence. So when it comes to religion versus spirituality, like what you're describing, it doesn't matter what religion someone is choosing to practice it's always to that same higher god exactly love is love love doesn't care what you believe in terms of your belief systems and religions or your preferences so it's not a belief for a being it's a belief for a feeling for that love yes that exists 
it's culpable. You can feel it. It's palpable, not culpable. It's, it's, it's palpable. You can feel it. It's tangible. You know, think about, you know, some people notice it when they sit in church or in temple and they feel the energy around them and they feel at peace. They feel calming because they've connected back to their source. It doesn't matter, you know, what is on the outside of that building, right? It's the common ground is centered around love and understanding and compassion. It's interesting. I'm thinking to myself, like, if someone identifies as being an atheist and not believing in anything for that matter. That's a, tr- that's a tough one. Yeah. No, I'm thinking where, like, if an atheist truly believes in nothing else, then you really, the conversation ends there. But even for an atheist, like, to not identify as a person or a god as far as, I mean, I personally think it's hard to argue that there isn't energy or a feeling of energy just in everyday life for different things. But I guess it's not even worth having a conversation with them. So as far as like people who have different religions, those are just rituals of that religion to give praise to that same God, which is just that eternal love. That's what you're saying. Eternal love. It all comes back to love. Okay. So what does that mean to help someone move on? Or you've told me stories or I've been at readings where you talk about someone being carried over or someone helping, whether it's a child or a suicide. Can you explain like what that process is and what kind of message do you hear that in that situation? Well, many times over when somebody is preparing to transition, Spirit knows that they're going to be making this transition six to eight weeks in advance in our time, right? So you'll start to have all these helpers start to come around you and or the family. And many times it's a perfect example of when families are feuding and they're not talking to one another. And then all of a sudden, this person comes out of the blue and helps the family reconcile. And then after the family reconciles, the person is gone from those people's lives and they may never think about it again. And then two days later, their family member drops dead, right? That person was brought there by a guy, be basically like an earth angel to help facilitate the healing that needed to transpire here in this physical world for that family before that person transitioned. Because had they not of the pain that would have ensued thereafter, after the person is on the other side, would have been so tremendous and insurmountable for them. They tried to mediate things or remedy or heal things in advance. And then once they cross over, they're completely restored. I mean, you take anything that people have gone through, horrific pain, it is completely gone from them as soon as they transition. That person who came to them to heal or mend that relationship, that person was the guide or a guide worked through them? A guide worked through them to inspire them to say the exact words that they needed to say or to hear so that they could take action appropriately. So like in the case of ghosts, so you have Whoopi Goldberg and Molly communicated through Whoopi too. So like a guide is showing up within someone to give that message to the individual, yet the person who received it from the guide might not even be aware that that message was planted into them. Exactly. Like they were kind of like asleep at the wheel, but something stuck. Wow. Was this like explained to you by someone else? This is something that my guides have taught me. I don't go off of the book because everybody's experience is different. I go off of what my guides have taught me directly. And I feel like that is the most authentic way to do it. So like with what you can do, if I had your ability and other people were all popping up and I saw people at carnivals or opening storefronts, doing palm readings, and 
I would be bothered and or offended if I could tell that they were lying or stealing from people. Do you encounter many people that you can tell are fakes that are ripping people off? And how does that make you feel? And how do you go about dealing with it if that's affecting how people view what you do? You know, I don't target them. I, to me, they don't even exist in my world. So the people that are naturally attracted to me comes to me for honesty and for accuracy. So I don't entertain the ones that aren't playing in the same level. So like if you are with your child and you're walking in a fair and you see someone doing like you see a little thing with a crystal ball and it says psychic $10 or something along those lines. Do you even notice that or do you kind of just like shake your head and you don't even let it bother you in any way? It don't even it doesn't even affect me. I just kind of walk on because I can't generalize and say that every single carnival worker that's got a crystal ball is not actually somebody that can connect. It's interesting just the fact that it doesn't even phase you because that like, that makes me think you're operating at a higher level, just that, that it doesn't affect you or get into your head like as a person. Yeah, no, I've, I've learned over the years, be the observer, you know, don't get so wrapped up into the chaos in the world because that's what draws in more chaos. When you step outside, you know, you stay back from it. What have you learned in this journey that has helped you to be better as a person in business, in making decisions? Well, I found that as bad of a day you're having, once you connect to somebody that has lost a child or a family member that they love so dearly and they are completely devastating, there is nothing really worse than that, especially when it's a tragic nature. So it makes you look at the world differently and have more compassion for people on a day-to-day because people have tremendous challenges that they're dealing with, whether it's grief-strucken challenges or just chaos or drama in their own lives. And if you look at it as everybody's fighting their own battle, just be a little bit kinder. You might be that one spark of light that that person hasn't had in years, and it will shift their entire direction. It's really operating out of love. Wow, that's powerful. What is that experience like? Can you give an example of someone that came through who died in whatever way? If we go one route, someone who committed suicide or someone that lost their life tragically at a young age. Can you give an example of how they came through to you and how you deliver that message to the loved ones? Well, it really depends. Each one is individual. There's never been the one that has been the same because they're giving me the words to use. So, for instance, when I've had people who have taken their own lives, many times they have known that they were going to have a shorter life. They just, on some level, they knew intuitively that they were not going to have a long life and they didn't know why. The person that is gone, they knew on some level when they were here physically that they were going to have a shorter life, right? They didn't know why, they just had this feeling, right? And they end up taking their own lives many times. We find out when we're connecting that part of their soul plan was for them to have a shorter lifespan here. So it's scary to think of it like this, but they actually got their plan right, even though the outcome is certainly not what anybody who loved them would want for them, right? So the reason in some cases is for the lessons that come in with every single person that loved them and knew them and heard of what has happened, how it has educated and taught them to find more love and compassion in their heart, 
right? So their gift of sacrifice changes a lot of people's thinking. Yeah, it's really powerful to think. Yeah. So it just makes you look at things a lot differently. And it's like the same thing. When It's heartbreaking when you think of a child who has gone to the other side. I mean, that is a parent's worst nightmare. Grandparents, anybody's worst nightmare. And many times they just, they come in with short lifespans just to have so much light and love and to be cared for and looked after in, with such love and such pure joy as they're going through treatments or whatever the case may be by the people around them. And they come in to know and feel such care and the people who are associated with them, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, nurses, doctors, they're all challenged in these lessons on how the human behavior is. So they're really, they're really blessings. Yes. They're blessings in disguise. And, but it's a tragic nonetheless. I mean, nobody wants to be in that position. But if you have to find the lemonade from the lemons, that's what our souls are actually learning has to do with the human behavior and how to bring more love in from tragedy. But at some point, that individual that takes their own life, at some point, they realize that they weren't going to have a long life, be here till the end. They knew that their time on this planet was get their message out or get that love and light out as much as they can in that period of time before they check out. That's what their soul knew. Whether or not they knew it on a conscious level is another discussion, right? On a conscious level, they may be experiencing tremendous pain, emotional pain, which drove them, drove them to their decision, right? But on a soul level, it's different. I'm just trying to think because I lost someone very close to me who took his own life. I'm trying to think of what the good or silver lining can be in a situation where if at the period of time when they leave, so much pain is felt by those that love them. Well, think about it. When you lost him, what did you change within yourself? Did you make a promise to yourself to check up on your friends or your family members more? Did you make a promise to get people to communicate more, to actually express themselves? You know, what, how did it affect you? It would be individualized. It wouldn't just be one answer. It would affect everyone differently. So it's almost taking one for the team where now in everyone that is still left behind, they can take that message and they're applying it to their lives to improve or again, go back to bringing more love into their life. To make decisions that would be more loving. But at the same time, I cannot, you know, diminish how painful it is to lose somebody. You know, you cannot diminish that whatsoever. But there is always something that the soul is gaining through experience, whether it's positive experience or tragic experience. It's still something that is learning, it, but a lot of times it's not comfortable. I'd much rather have the fun part personally, you know, than go through the tragedy. You know, that's why I love when people come to me even just for psychic advice about future, because if somebody is dealing with something that is weighing on them so heavy, you know, that can be just as traumatic as somebody who is going through grief. And if, you know, you're able to actually provide them accurate timelines and accurate visions as to what's going to be that gives them hope because it actually actualizes, then it may keep them here longer. It may help them inspire to help somebody else, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So from the medium side, it's almost like... Uh, the medium side is all about healing. 
but the two can go hand in hand very well as far as like the psychic you can tell someone it's kind of like this when you in the past made this decision that's why this decision going forward will take place if you change these things exactly that's exactly it and i can show you them pathways like this is the strongest pathway it's the most likely you're going down this pathway but if you detour and you do this over here well it looks like now you're going down this and this is going to be the ramifications from it. I thought up until 30 seconds ago, a psychic meant you can tell the future. You see the future. You do see the future if certain choices are made to make that future take place. But if those choices aren't made, that future's never really going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. So I always go with the highest probability pathway, but I will show them the alternate alternate pathways if it's plausible to show. So if you were consulting with a business owner or someone that wanted to know something about a decision about going forward, you're not saying, here's what I see and you shake hands goodbye. It's if you do this, this is what I see. Exactly. Like, so for instance, you know, I have several clients, some in the catering industry, and many times real estate was brought up that they should get, they should use their investments and go into real estate, buy properties, yada, yada, yada. And this we kept getting pushed into them over and over and over again, but they didn't move on it, right? They withheld. Okay. Now we're in time of COVID, catering is down. What was being pushed on what was going to go up? the need, what was going to go up. Had they have taken that, they wouldn't have experienced the financial loss or they would be able to offset the financial loss had they gone that direction. Huh. So in that case, they would say, I was thinking that I was going to do that. That was spirit saying, do it. And that was them ignoring. Right. And, you know, maybe for them at that moment in time, they didn't feel like it was the right fiscal decision, whatever the case may have been. But it would have been the right decision. They were just choosing to ignore. Yes. And everybody does that every day of their life. How many times do your guides inspire you and give you insight? And you're like, nah, I think I'm going to go this way instead. And then you're stuck in traffic for 45 minutes. And you're like, oh, I really should just turned off. All I have to do is turn off. Absolutely. Or you get pulled over, you get a ticket, you get into a fender bender and you say, and I was going to go right. I don't know why I did that. Absolutely. Or you say things like, oh, this always happens. <laughs> so you're clearly repeating the same thing over and over and over again. So yeah, you're not listening to those around you or spirit, which I guess is almost a metaphor those around you. I mean, like you said before, spirit is all around you. So how did you get into kind of like pulling it all together? How did you then get into teaching it? And what are like the courses and all the educational stuff that you're doing now with mediumship? Sure. So I was doing this for quite some time. And then what happened is I kept getting asked by people, how do you do this? I don't understand this. How can you do this? I feel like I've got something. I think about somebody and they call, or I feel like I'm having deja vu, or I just know information and it doesn't make sense how I know it, but it just kind of comes to me or I have these dreams and then they come true. Like, I don't know what to do with this. That's what kept getting thrown at me over and over and over again by people. So I started teaching classes in person. And it was amazing to find how many people are so truly gifted when they give themselves an opportunity to learn. Most of the time, we're so busy and chaotic that we don't actually give ourselves to be at peace with ourselves and actually tune into infinite wisdom that's available to us. But once they do, they're able to learn that they can connect into mediumship. And then once this transpired, you know, COVID happened and I kept thinking, well, 
all these people have all this time, they're home. A lot of people are not working. This is an optimal time for them to check in with themselves on a higher level and learn how to connect. And the basis of the course has, you know, tremendous meditation components to it where I walk people through different scenarios or different guiding experiences so they receive greater clarity. And in the process, they learn how to find inner peace. They learn how to heal and they learn how to connect with their deceased loved ones and their psychic abilities or their intuitive self kicks in as well. So it's kind of like a hybrid of everything that occurs all in one, you know, package deal, so to speak, because I literally deliberately designed it that way with spirit. So that way they could maximize their results in the most effective time because you know, if you take me outside of mediumship in the psychic world, I am somebody that's a productive individual and I like to get things done. So I think like a professional does, I'm not looking to draw things out. I like to maximize people's time. So much of what you're saying just makes so much like life sense that I think what you do may get a bad rap at times because it's not someone fully understanding or taking the time to understand it. And like what you just said, that's so poignant to just with myself running a business and advising others running businesses where I've studied happiness for years and therapy and trying to find what is happiness. And ultimately what I found is meditation and just shutting down and just being completely overtaken by the thought of nothing and just focusing and being so into that moment leads to happiness and appreciation and gratitude. So like all positive things, again, from what you said earlier, from love come when you can block out other things. So just the idea of meditation, which is acceptable in like regular society, they will believe that. And that's what you're saying. It's that whole listening to that voice, listening to yourself, listening within. So it makes total sense how this could benefit anyone, no matter what you do, this would be a good thing to incorporate into your life. Oh, 100%. I mean, just imagine as a business owner, you're tuned in, you're tapped in, you know, you know, or tapped in, turned on basically. And you're sitting in a negotiation room and you're making a business deal, a transaction, and you're sitting down and you're analyzing the person and at face value, they look fine, but there's this pit in your stomach and you're like, this person isn't right. Something's not right. You just have this feeling. Okay. But you may or may not listen. Now, if you've actually gone through the course and you're trusting yourself now and what you're receiving, you're so focused on that person and what their issue is or where that feeling is pulling you towards that you know you will not be doing business with that person. And that hour-long meeting now just cut down to five minutes because thank you, no thank you, and you walk out. Oh, my God. Had I only met you earlier to where I could have had it in my mind. (laughs) No, that's unbelievable. So where do people find you? How do they get involved or learn more about your courses or how they can tap in themselves or to find you for reading or advice in the future with their businesses or life? Absolutely. Just go to shirapsychicmedium.com. It's really simple. Everything is there. S-H-I-R-A. Exactly. S-H-I-R-A, psychicmedium.com. And if you get a chance, follow me on Facebook because my predictions, they're pretty good. They're pretty, they've been pretty accurate so far, you know, predicting from before COVID started, you know? It's amazing. And to watch when you go live on social media and to watch like a thousand people 
within like two minutes, I've seen like 500, then another minute, 600, another minute, 700, another minute, up to like thousands. And I'm just like, wow. Yeah, because at the end of the day, everybody just wants peace. And if you're able to just tune in to what's actually going on in this world, right? Staying unbiased, you know, and just what's actually really happening. It's comforting to know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. And that's what we're all hoping for, a light at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) Thank you so much, Shiro. This was so educational. I'm going to be thinking about so much of what you said for the rest of today and playing this back because there's some really, really great stuff in there. So thank you. No, thank you, Chris. For more info, visit getconnects.com. That's G-E-T-C-O-N-N-E-X-X.com. Or visit us on Facebook at connects, comma, I-N-C, or on Instagram at connects underscore. And a special thanks to our sponsor, Don Pablo. All their coffee is roasted in small batches, providing the freshest tasting coffee imaginable. Simply put, it's a better cup of coffee. Order on Amazon or at donpablocoffee.com. Thank you.